You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at 1 Samuel chapter 30. David was out one day and he was, uh, he, had, he had partnered with the king of Philistine. And as you know, Saul wanted to kill him. And so he, they, they rose up in battle against Israel. And David went to go and support King Achish. And as a result of that, the Philistine princes, the men in charge of the military, uh, told King Achish, no, they don't want David to be here because, yeah, he's our friend now. But what in the middle of battle, he's still an Israelite. You know, he'll turn against us during battle. King Achish knew David's heart and had covenant with him. He said, no, that won't happen. But they refused to go into battle with David. So King Achish said, look, I, you know, I need my men to be good moral and that type of thing. So if we can just part company, I appreciate it. And so David went back with his men to Ziklag. And as you know, when they got there, they found that Ziklag had been totally plundered, burnt to the ground. And the Amalekites had captured their wives and children, destroyed everything that was left behind, but they'd stolen all their treasures, their wealth and everything. The place was ransacked. And so the men began to wail and cry, and the Bible says they actually wept till they could weep no more. And then they wanted to turn and stone David. And that's something we've got to be cautious about, because when things go wrong, we want to hit something, hurt someone, do someone. Someone's got to pay for this. And usually we look, where is it? And our enemy is usually not nearby. You know, it could be we know that the enemy is in our head and things are happening, you know, out there, the, the, the government, who do you actually go and moan and complain to? You know, it's just a whole bunch of people out there, untouchable. And so what happens, you've got to vent. And then usually what happens, we land up venting with the person closest to us. You know, we, we, we upset today, and that's the person that walked in the room. So now, you know, and, and it had nothing to do with them. And so when we're hearing the word of God, it's all very well. When things are going well, and we're celebrating, we're shouting amen, and things are wonderful, and things are going good. It's very easy that when something goes wrong, that the enemy can point out, it's just like Satan did right at the beginning with Adam. And he said, did God really say? Uh, is God holding something back from you? Have, has he revealed everything to you? And we can say, you know, I, I tried what the pastor said and it didn't work. Well, the pastor's only telling you what God said. And so we, we tend to take it out on the person that's near to us. And so now they wanted to stone David. And he said, hey, before you do that, let me find out from the Lord what he wants to do. And God spoke to him. And this is the word the Lord has given us. And he said, yeah, in chapter 30, verse 8, 1 Samuel, David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, recover all. Without fail, recover all. All without fail. When God gives you a word, family, it is without fail. God doesn't give a word and hope it happens. 
There's something about God. You know, we may say something, we may give a promise and things happen, things go wrong, something doesn't work out. And we say, well, we're just human, you couldn't make it. Well, God's not like that. When he speaks something and he says something, he puts his life on the line. He says he exalts his word higher than his own name. And his very name has built within it his salvation. The very name Jesus means salvation. Jehovah and every name linked to that talks about provision and protection and Him being there and Him being your victory. He built His character and His desire to meet every need you could ever possibly land up needing. He built it into His name that if you call that name, you are calling on salvation. When you address God, you're addressing the healing God. You're addressing His, your provider. He is your supply. He is your protection. He is the one that says, when I tell you I'm going to do something, I will watch over my word to perform it. My word doesn't return void. It always accomplishes what I sent it for. God never ever says anything without intention. And if he sends a word your way, it's because he fully intends to bring it to pass. And he says, just as sure as I'm speaking now, you will overtake and you will recover all. Not one life will be lost of your family. Family, we've been through really tough times. And, you know, after we got through COVID and the whole lockdown thing, you think, well, that, that's about as bad as it can get. And then next moment, there's a war. And, well, that's over there on the other side of the world. Yeah, right. Next moment, you see your fuel pump going up, you know, and where were the days you used to pull in and say, 10 rand, please. And today it's like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, now you're up to 100 rand. Okay, there you go. So, you know, so how, how do you handle that in a world where just it seems like everything's going crazy and, and food prices seem to be going up and people are struggling? And, and uh, it, it's, it's it, it, the way the world is when you listen to any kind of news, there's a lot of fear out there, a lot of worry and concern. And we've got to be cautious that we don't let that start to creep in. Because what we're listening to will influence us. And so if you are in the world and you, Jesus didn't come to take you out of the world. He said, I did not come take you, take you out of the world because you will always be in the world. But I pray that your faith not fail you. That you be strengthened. That no matter what happens, you have the word of God. And you have a look through the Word of God and you study it out. Every, you name it. You just choose your favorite Bible character. You go through all the heroes of faith. And you hear name after name after name. Men that lived years ago. Women that we won't know until we meet them in heaven. But whenever we hear their name, it's in the Word of God. Even Jesus said about, you know, with Mary and, the, and that perfume, she will be spoken of. Everywhere the word is preached. Uh, what made her famous? What, what makes these men famous? How can we know these heroes of faith? And you notice something that happens regularly in each and every one of them? 
You wouldn't know their name if they didn't go through some major battle. Some kind of heavy challenge. Somewhere where it seemed like they've lost everything. Everything. Their entire world has been wiped out. But they chose to not walk away from God. What God, they, they went back into the presence of God. I may not understand what's happening here right now. How could you even let this happen? That would be the response. Like, you know, God, how could you? I trusted you and you're supposed to protect me. And you're supposed to, you notice David didn't do that. He didn't walk in and say, how could this happen? You thought you gave angels to look after me. He didn't do that. Even facing death by stoning, he draws into the presence of God and says, hang on, this may have happened, but it's not the end. There, there, there's a solution here. I know, I've seen, I've been through battles. I've seen the lion, I've seen the bear, took out Goliath. I know my God never fails me. And no matter what I'm going through right now, it's not going to turn me away from God. This battle is going to push me into the presence of God. No one's ever received their solution by moaning and complaining about God who didn't do his part. Read it in your Bible. Every one of them. They can be, you'd look at Israel. I mean, they would turn against God and build altars to Baal and worship devils and things like that. And of course, when that happened, Israel ended up being cursed. They were always attacked. They got into bondage. They were captured. They were in wars and battles. But then you read it, there's a king that finds the original writings. And he says, hang on. What, what does the word say? And so they restore the temple and they put the priest back in and bring the tithe to the house and they, they start serving God. You notice God doesn't say, okay, how long were you naughty? Now you've got to pay out that time. No, the moment they turn, the moment they turn, the moment they turn, God blesses and he redeems and he sets them free. Heavenly God, no matter what you've been through, don't let that situation take you out. Sometimes we may say, but how come? Why is this happening to us? Why are things going wrong? We studied this morning how Job, when he had gotten through his situation and lost his entire family, except his wife, all his children wiped out, all of his staff killed, his livestock, everything taken down, all of his investments, all of his infrastructure, everything he had, he had nothing left except the clothes on his back. And even that he ripped off <laughs> when he started lamenting in the ashes. Got boils on his body that he eventually got so uncomfortable he was using an edge of pottery to try and scrape them off his skin. And his wife says, curse God and die. Where's your God now? Why do you stay with your integrity? And he said, yeah, I praise him in the good times. But that's not the only time. Why would I stop praising him now? There are adverse situations. Things do happen. And that's the time you turn back to God. 
And you keep reading that out and you'll find that within a year, God restores Job completely. In fact, double of what he had before. Because he refused to give up on his integrity. He made a choice for God. And family, I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, God has already sent your solution. You may not see it. You may not see it. Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him. Put him in a pit. And the way the word is written, at that moment, there just happened to be these bunch of Midianites coming through on their camels. Now, if you were here this morning, you'll remember, I said it, there's one spot on the planet. How big is this planet? How big is that that whole region? And it just happens to be the moment they're about to kill Joseph. At that moment, the camels arrive. On that spot, Nochal. If there's a huge wilderness in front of you and you walk across it and I go from the other side, what are the chances that we intersect? I'm just going to walk till I get to the other side and you walk till you get to the other side. And let's see if we bump into each other. Come on. Are you with me? We don't have any highways and things. Like, yeah, if I got on the N2 and you got on the N2, we'll find each other. No, there they're just walking across a, this huge plain. And they just happen to arrive on that exact GPS spot at the exact moment. And here's the thing. They had left weeks before. But God guided them. In other words, before this even happened, he said to them, it's time to move. Get, get going. They don't know why. They just packed and moved and thought, right, they're going somewhere. They didn't even know it was God. They didn't say, God led us. No, <laughs> a bunch of heathen. No, but God got them moving so that they would arrive at that moment in time. And you notice God didn't send them so that they would rescue Joseph and say, go on home now. No, they, they bought him to sell him as a slave. God says, that's okay, as long as you keep moving him forward. If he keeps moving forward, he's moving to his destination. Uh, he's going to go through some tough times. But I found a man who trusts me. I have a man who walks in integrity. And as long as he stays with me and he keeps working with me, I will get him to where he needs to be. And he went through that whole situation with Potiphar. Falsely accused, lands up in prison. God, how could this happen? I'm supposed to be a ruler. My brother's supposed to bow in front of me. How could this happen in prison? He didn't do that. He just stayed worshiping God. He said, well, I'm in prison. Let's make this work. And God was with him. And he prospered in prison. How many prisoners do you know that are prospering? In jail, no, no, not out. No, in the prison. So much so that the, the warden says, okay, you take over the prison. He gives the prison to a prisoner. Everyone say favor. favor. Family of God, God is directing your path. And I know you may not understand what you're going through right now. But we don't have to. We have to know that God has given a word. That we will recover all. This is a year of great recovery. Everybody say great recovery. Look at Isaiah chapter 60. Verse 1. 
Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise. What does arise mean? Will someone arise? Okay, you guys can sit. See, those that rose, didn't, that didn't happen by accident. Now, if you didn't arise, I didn't take notes. So no offense here. This is for illustration. Some obeyed instantly. Others were wondering if I was serious. Others thought it was just an illustration. Some are still looking at me and saying, what, what, what just happened? Because they were lost on social media or something. They were like, what's happening? Everyone's around. What, what, what? Whatever happened. Now imagine I said, everybody that stood, I've got a million rand for each one of you. Now the rest of everyone's going, but, 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 didn't I? That's the point. You see, here's what I'm trying to get across to you. Those that stood, it wasn't their luck that they're getting a million rand. Oh, but no one told me. If somebody said a million rand, I would be in the first. Yeah, right. That, that's the point. No, if a rise is an action. And too many Christians, when they hear the word of God, are waiting for God to do something. Okay, God, I hear what Pastor Allen said, and I hear the promise. And God says, arise. You begin moving. You activate. Your light has come. That's why I don't like to sing songs where we sing about, Lord, send it on down, send it on down. Let your glory come. No, the glory is here. God's already here. You hear people praying, God, send revival, send revival, send revival. Revival is not up to God. Jesus did everything on the cross for you to live in the full power of what He gave. He's paid the full price. It's not like you're going to wake up one morning, there's revival now, now, now I'm revived. Thank you, Jesus. No, He's not flicking the switch. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you have come alive. You're born again. Now you have life within you. What happens over time, we become dormant. We begin to cool down. We become lukewarm. We begin to, oh, come on now. We used to be in church every weekend and twice a server, you know, twice a day. We in the spiritual girl. We in the uh, fishes for man. We, 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 and we, and then, and then, we, we busy, busy, busy prayer meetings. And then it's over two, three years. Uh, okay, now now I'm busy and I can't make that. I, I used to run a home cell, but now I'm, I've got so much else to do. And I can, uh, church already? Oh, come on. Uh, we the ones. If we don't watch it, land up cooling down. So now we want God to light the fire again. I already lit your fire. 
I've already sent the light. Your light has come. Your light has come. You've got the word. You've received the truth. You know what the word says. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So arise and begin to walk. Family of God, you and I need to get up and start moving. God ignites you from within. You need to walk it out. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You sow your seed, it will multiply. You bless and you will see the word come to pass. You don't have to wait for a church to have revival. You have revival all on your own. Revive us again, oh Lord. You you revive. Revival's here. I said revival is here. So let's activate it. Let's walk in it. The glory of the Lord is risen on you. What's glory? We talk about glory and people, glory. I feel the glory. Now, I understand when the presence of God shows up, we all respond in a different way. We'll feel goosebumps, you'll feel heat, oil, whatever. That's got a lot to do with the anointing. Glory is when God tangibly shows his character. It's when he manifests who he is. When he manifests his full potential. Says he's the healer. When healing shows up, when glory is in the house, you will see his presence in that healing. We need to learn that because there are times when you will see glory as a cloud. We've experienced that. You'll see glory as fire. That we read in the, the old covenant where the Glory showed up in a house in a way that couldn't even walk into the door. It was tangible presence of God that it was solid even though it was air. The presence of God, the manifested presence. They would fall on the ground. They couldn't stand to minister. Their body checked out <laughs> and they fell over. That, that's tangible presence. That's not always what the glory is. The glory is when you need something and God shows up and tangibly you see something happen and you know without God that would never have happened. That was all God. It wasn't some man. It wasn't some figment of the imagination. It wasn't psychosomatic. It is God. That's glory. Glory. Everybody say glory. Glory. Now, he says it's already on you. I want to see God. No, he's already on you. So what are we talking about? Look at verse 2. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. When you look at the world today, 
you wonder how much further can it go? Where they are literally writing sin into the law books as legal. They're defining sin as right. And then what's right, they are legislating that is breaking the law. You stand up and speak for what's right, they want to put you in prison. You wonder how much further can this go? Well, he says deep darkness. It's easy to get despondent and say, well, (laughs) just come, Jesus, just come, just take me out, Lord, please. That's not what he called us to do. When you leave this planet, thank God we have heaven to go to until this dispensation is wrapped up. But that's not your final destination. The kingdom of God is your destination. And it's not somewhere you arrive one day. It's already manifested. You already are the kingdom of God. Who's going to hear about God unless it comes through your mouth? Who's going to receive from God unless it comes from your hand? How will they hear unless there's a preacher? And how will he preach unless he's sent? You and I are this church. And when darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people, the Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. We're not talking about, do you really think this is what what God's talking about? Is that all of a sudden something's going to happen? That one day, the church is going to ignite. That when you're walking through the mall, they will see a light. There goes someone else from the bay. That's not what he's talking about. Hey, talking about. The Word of God's talking about something happening on you, something happening to you, something's going on in your life where the rest of the world are just kind of buckling up and, well, you know, it's another blackout and now what can you do? Now we're off three times a day, so what, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen next. And, so, and, and everybody says, okay, well, buy, buy more batteries, buy more lights, you know. And they don't know what to do. Someone else lost a job. Shame. Someone died. Oh, another one. But then you show up. And even though the lights are out, your house is still on. Even though everybody's losing their job, you're getting promoted. They don't understand what's going on. These people are lining up to get into hospital and you getting sent out. You getting delivered. It's not like you never even got sick. The enemy almost took you down, almost took you out, but God got you out of there. People say, I don't understand why it happened. You're supposed to be a person of faith. How did that happen to you? I don't care how it happened. There's a real devil out there and he's throwing muck around. When David arrived, the place had been taken out. But God let it happen so that he could show his delivery. 
God didn't cause it. What's happening in your life is probably the enemy that's trying to hurt you and take you down. But God let it, he said, that's okay because I know who you are and I know whose you are and I know the word you believe. And all I need is for you to trust me because when the rest of the world says, oh, shame, it's over for them. You arise, you shine and you walk in the glory of God and they will see that. And Gentiles, will come to your light. Who's a Gentile? Someone who's without covenant. The one that's not born again. You are born again. You're no longer a Gentile. You're a child of God. And this that's happening to you is for God to show Himself strong. That if you would just buckle in, ride the ride, Go through the pit, be accused falsely, land up in prison, let your friend forget you. But there is a reason behind all of that. And I trust the process. Because when Pharaoh sees you, hang on, here is a man. None of you could answer my dreams. None of you could come up with a plan. Here's this young guy in prison. He's got the whole investment plan all worked out. Let's put him in charge. And Pharaoh says, the only thing I hate is my throne. You run this nation. Talk about overnight promotion. From the dungeon. Suddenly ruling the whole of Egypt. What would happen? If a Christian believed this, you know, this government of ours, they've just given up on us and no one cares we were on them. They had all these promises and now, what would happen? There was a son of God, a daughter of God, and God gets that person positioned. And tomorrow you wake up on the news. There's a new person in charge. But it's a man of God, a woman of God, full of the glory of God. Can it happen? It's happened many times, many times. The Gentiles, those without covenant, are going to come find out, what, what, what's going on with you? Kings will come to the brightness of your rising. That's people in authority. They will see it. And they will recognize that you have something they don't have. Amen. Kings will come to your rising. Have you ready for this kind of life? Have a look at Isaiah 61. Jesus took from the scripture and he read, The Spirit of the Lord's upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the, closed the book at that moment and sat down. But you notice God wasn't through. And that's something to understand about a prophet. He sees something that's happened in the future already and he's calling it. So he's recording the future here. 
as if though it's already happened. And Jesus reads from and says, that's today. But Isaiah said, and. Did he miss God on the rest? So why did Jesus stop there? Because that was his ministry up to that moment. But he birthed on that cross the church that would carry out the rest. And the day of the vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness of the Lord, that they, that God may be glorified. What's glorified mean? It's so that the glory can manifest. Family, you and I are the ones that show that glory to the world. How's it going to do? How, how, how are we going to do this? It's when it happens, when there's beauty for ashes. That means the burnings already happened. Oil of joy for mourning. The loss has already happened. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That attack of depression's already come. But you notice that in that situation, God has promised to give you beauty, joy, and the garment of praise. Why? So God can show up. And when he shows up, you will rebuild the old ruins, raise up former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations, strangers will stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. And you shall be named the priests of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of God. You will eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you will have double honor. Instead of confusion, they will rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Everybody say double. double. Have you ready for some double payback? Everybody say double. double. Look at Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2, verse 6. Thus says the Lord of hosts. And when you see Lord of hosts in the Old Testament, the Hebrew there is literally the captain of the armies, the commander of the armies. Hallelujah. Once more, it's a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. Family, do you notice there is a shaking happening? Now's not the time to say, where is God in all of this? No, God knows exactly what's happening. He's prepared everything in the last thousands of years from the time he said, light be, 
And he ordained for Jesus to be crucified before the foundation of the world. And everything has played out just the same way those Midianites intersected with Joseph. Everything in the word of God has been right on time to the very point that when Jesus was born, right up to the day they decided they thought they knew when they were going to crucify him. But he just happened to be crucified on the Sabbath at the, the Passover. He was that Passover, ordained centuries before. And from that moment, everything has been playing out. And the whole of what you read in the Word has been bringing us to this moment in history. And God decided 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, whatever your age is, so many years ago, He inserted you into this timeline you're not here by accident God predetermined for you to be here at this exact moment and he's not looking for cowards to start backing down and pulling out and whining and complaining and moaning he's looking for a church that believes their God no matter what is happening in the world that even though there's a shaking they will stand up and when there's the shaking they will come to the desire of all nations and I will fill this temple this temple with the glory, says the Lord of hosts. You are the temple of God. Say that I am the temple of God. Says the silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Don't be put off by all these other currencies and now there's this cryptocurrencies and, and all these other, what's happening to the rand, what's happening to the dollar and the zum Don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. Bread goes to a million rand. It doesn't matter. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their young begging for bread. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give Peace, shalom, wholeness, completeness, protection, preservation, nothing missing, nothing broken. Is that the kind of glory you want to walk in? Then arise, shine, your light has come. Come on, give Jesus praise if you can see that tonight. The glory of God is in this house. I said the glory of God is in this house. It's you. You are the manifestation of God's glory. Hallelujah. You believe it? Love it. Love it. Be that people. Amen. Trust God. Praise Jesus. Just lift your hands in His presence. Father, we thank You so much for Your love. You declared You are love. We wouldn't love if You didn't love us first. But that love is here. Manifested in us. Present in us. Your glory is in this house. 
And we may not understand what we're going through. But we do know this. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. And you're not going to do that now. We trust you. We believe you. You've called us for such a time as this. Today, we report for duty. And we are ready for everything you have for us. We choose you. Now is not the time to fail you. You've shown yourself strong in times past. Every one of us stand here today with a testimony. You didn't drop us then. You're not dropping us now. We trust you. We trust you. Tell him. Don't just repeat it because I said it. Look in the face of God and say, I trust you. Tell him. Say that. I trust you. I trust you, Father. I trust your word. And in the midst of calamity, I give you praise. You've delivered me. I don't know how to get from this pit where my brothers want to kill me. I've got a dream in my heart. I have no idea how to get there. I think if you ask Joseph at that moment and say, what's your plan? Oh, don't worry. I've, I've asked God to send some Midianites. Oh, he had no idea the journey he had to take. But he trusted the process. In the integrity of his heart. And Father we pray for that glory to manifest. In each and every one of us. Trust God. Trust his glory. Trust the process. Every step of the way. Just keep praising. Just keep praising, praising Him, praising Him, praising Him, praising Him. Even when it looks like it turned even worse, you just keep praising, keep praising, keep praising, keep praising, keep praising. And put pressure on that word. Put pressure on that faith. Put pressure on the spirit realm. Because when you're doing that, in that atmosphere of praise, glory shows up. Glory. Glory. Glory, 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 more and more, more and more, more and more, more and more, glory, glory.